0: Uh,
1: that is a rare treat from the great band they were great in the 90s i don't know what they're doing now third eye blind and that song is called anything and i love that uh that song it's a great song it's a very short song it starts the album and we're off and running for another exciting episode of 1973
0: so Uh, it was uh it was a good show last week uh I, I, I sort of found it refreshing not to do sports last week, unfortunately for a bad subject, but, but I thought it was important. So I'm glad we did it.
1: Yeah, it was really important. I'm glad we did it too. And, um, you know, I think just because we are moving on, it doesn't mean we are not moving that conversation forward as well. And we will continue to do so. And obviously, uh, the tragedy in Tulsa yesterday and several other, uh, shootings yesterday, and uh, right now it looks like this is the world that we are living in. And uh, we need to figure out a way to make this better. And our legislators need to figure a way to make this better. And um, you know, we have to keep using our voice and using our vote. And I think those are the best tools that we have.
0: The Tulsa shooting is interesting because I was just watching the press conference. And I, I, I now obviously it's very early on, but I think the guy had back problems and wasn't getting the care he thought he deserved. that, of course, still doesn't give you the reason. Of course, he bought, what gun did he purchase? An AR-15 yesterday. So, and obviously if there was a waiting period, I believe he bought the gun yesterday. He bought uh, a Smith & Wesson automatic handgun a couple days earlier, but actually did buy an AR-15 yesterday. If what I saw is correct, which is just absurd. That's
1: unbelievable. Probably. And so that's, yeah, you know, the no, third
0: shooting in four weeks of a mass nature, even though, and that was less than a week, I think. Well, no, so it was Wednesday, yesterday, it was about eight days, so.
1: Yep. So, um, you know, we, we uh, continue to send thoughts and prayers, but it requires much more than that. So yeah. we uh, need to make turn our actions and put those actions those words into actions rather. So um, that's what we need to do. And we're going to do that here. And, um, you know, we are going to move forward as well and uh, a lot going on in the uh, sports world to talk about. Uh, I did see Top Gun. Did you see that yet?
0: I haven't seen it. I heard got better reviews than the original. Is that accurate
1: or? I didn't think it was better than the original, but I, you know, I mean, we were kids when the original came out, it was a very worthy uh, well done sequel I will say I loved it it was it was campy in some some in some parts but uh, it was good there were a couple things and I wanted to ask you so when you do go see that I'm going to see it again with my son so I saw it once yeah. with Buddy last night but then I'm going to take my son and go back and see it it is a kid-friendly movie there was nothing you know, gratuitously sexual in nature. Or there was no
0: Kelly McGillis love scene.
1: No, that um, love scene. It was there was nothing like that with Jennifer Connelly. But uh, you will. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. And it, like I said, worth worthy sequel. And uh, I can't wait till you see it because I have some questions that I need to ask you about.
0: Okay, I did. I was curious, so I, I checked out the plane that they're using in Top Gun. Is the F eighteen interceptor i think it's the tomcat interceptor and then in the original Top gun i believe it was the f-14 which the u.s this is a little bit of useless information put out of action in 2006 so um i'm looking forward to seeing it i get excited geeky about the biggest thing of course being penny benjamin which is ah rich mckinnon (laughs) but but penny benjamin which obviously was a just a quick reference
1: that's what it was i that's what i wanted to ask you about so i'm the admiral's daughter the admiral's daughter penny benjamin about it but yes the line okay that's who penny benjamin was i need you to see it because there were so many people that just you making that tie-in i was like oh that's who penny was you know
0: yeah, and I'm gonna make he's you co host.
1: He's a big part of the film.
0: I'm gonna make you co host so you can introduce our guest
1: when you want to bring him in, okay? Okay, yeah. Uh, I've I'm, just made
0: you co host of hey, the hey, podcast,
1: so hey, I'm excited. Hey, I, I want this is
0: amazing. So I get excited about stupid stuff like that, even though I don't think it's stupid, it's my childhood. I remember seeing Pop Gun in 1986 when I was doing a a summer camp program down in Durham. I think we, they took us to the movies. So, uh, that summer it was Top Gun and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So, um, Paramount had all the hits that summer. I mean,
1: I don't even think I saw Top Gun in the theaters, to be honest with you, in 86. I can't quite remember. I do remember watching it and then it became a legendary film and I watched it, I mean, crazy amount of times. So, um, Yeah, it's it's really good. It's it's it'll it's like makes you want to be a kid and be a fighter pilot. At least it did for me. And then, you know, it's it's a bit emotional a little bit, too. And and there's just a lot tied into it. But uh, really well done.
0: I know Val Kilmer is in the movie. And let's be honest, Val Kilmer does not look very good these days.
1: Right. So they Um, did not try to hide Val Kilmer's uh, illness. Uh, We'll just leave it at that. And I heard he's
0: put on a lot of weight,
1: too. Well, I mean, he's he's you know I my understanding is he's he's in failing health and so right. I mean I think that's to be expected. How is uh before we dive into some sports, um how is your diet coming along, man? You're you're looking like am, up. Look, you're throwing on collared shirts now. You look professional <laughs> almost.
0: I uh, yeah, I I basically cut everything out. So um and I've been shaving every day. So I've definitely. Come around and then I'm seeing a trainer tomorrow. So, um, trying to do some arm weights and I've been flossing every day. I've been brushing my teeth. So everything. Flossing seems,
1: and shaving. You're actually hygienic now. That's that's yeah. Amazing. So
0: everything seems to go together at the same time. So I think that's a good thing. I think it's right. a good thing. Uh, my mom's been you know doing this uh, trek with me and I appreciate her. Uh, tonight, you know, I I've been using this grill so much um my nephew is now learned how to grill it's pretty cool been able to teach him i've been eating a lot of salad a lot of oatmeal um i do highly recommend oatmeal um it's good for you and doesn't taste all that bad put some fruits and some nuts in it um i'm just not a fruit (laughs) and (laughs) nut but uh yeah so i'm doing better my
1: face look a little thinner it looks thinner, man. Are you feeling better with your energy? Where are you grilling? Not like a foreman grill, like a real grill, or a no, a
0: real grill. We got a Weber Spirit, Weber Spirit, three burner. Yep, yep, yep. and the and the yep. searing and the searing option, which no. I I have not really used the searer yet, yeah. but it's I have like been using the three
1: burner searing option. That's that's pretty sweet. Do you have the searing? No, I don't think I have the one with the searing option.
0: Yeah, I think it's basically custom now, so. Yeah. You know, I highly, but why would you buy a new one if you don't need a new one? Just, you know,
1: I'm yeah, doing a lot of chicken. I bought mine in October, I think. And uh, I think it was like a birthday gift or something that I bought for myself. I'm not sure, but I got it. And uh, I we cook kebabs. I cook chicken kebabs uh, and corn. Uh, when was it earlier? Just, it's the-
0: great about the grill. You can do vegetables really easily on the grill. And even if you're not like, I'll put it under a dish to heat them up, like we did um, asparagus, uh, Brussels sprouts, and you know, a lot of different things. And it's just really good. Uh, right. So I highly recommend if you do have that grill, because there were years where I we never grilled, you know, and I and I sort of wish we had. Uh, if you have the means to be able to afford one, or you have one that's just not being used, turn it on. Um, Get, go get your, uh, I guess, blue Rhino propane gas and uh, That's right. get work in there.
1: Yeah, That's all right. My computer's updating. I hope to God it doesn't cut us off. I'm going to admit Rich before uh, anything happens here.
0: How are, are we going to talk mostly, we're going to talk a lot of baseball. With we have got to dive into the
1: bills. I want to cover all... Because I know
0: Rich knows a lot about baseball, probably yep. knows a heck of a lot more about baseball than I do. Yep. All right. Uh,
1: and this has been
0: a dreaded, dreaded Stretch for the Phillies. Uh, I guess they're twenty-one and twenty-nine. Is that about right?
1: Uh, they're twenty-two and twenty-nine.
0: Hold on. Wow, well, so they won yesterday.
1: That's right. Hold on. Rich will be joining us any moment. I know that our fans are waiting with bated breath.
0: Maybe he can get some more fans. <laughs> That's
1: right. Did I just shut him out?
0: Where is he? I don't know. Now he's on. Why he do I just gotta turn his volume on? And
2: hey guys
1: there he is what's up rich what's up thanks for joining us wait i got i got i got some theme music for you from way back in the day man there it is a little heavy d kicking it back old old school rich it's great to see you man
2: good to see you guys
1: thanks for joining us um, Mr. Uh, Levman and I were just talking about, well, he hasn't seen Top Gun yet. I saw it last night. I'm not sure if you've seen it, um, but it's definitely thumbs up.
2: I think not We were yet. talking I, about I, Penny. <laughs> I intend to see it. My son and my daughter want to watch it, too. So, Ross, I have to ask if you think it's kid appropriate. They're 10 and 12. Yeah. So, we watched the old one last weekend, and enjoyed it it was good
1: yeah so my son is six and he like all he wants like he literally watches youtube videos of planes taking off and landing and he's like (laughs) and so we watched the first top gun and i had to forward through the goose scene spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the original Uh, (laughs) at this point 36 years later i think you're you're probably too late um so Yeah, I forward through the goose scene. And then I think through the scene, um, you know, like the makeout scene, but I was just telling the lead man, (laughs) nothing gratuitous in this, in terms of like blood or even in terms of, uh, you know, uh, sexual references or mounting of any sort or anything like that. Like it was, I thought it was pretty clean. I'm going to take my son to see it. Uh, You know, there, there was like, one scene that's like maybe i wish i could like send him out for a minute but i don't know maybe we'll go get popcorn or something at that point but it's nothing like i think 10 year old and a 12 year old can i definitely a 12 year old can handle it so
0: yeah that was my uh first love scene i ever saw was uh top gun yeah and of course it's like the tamest love scene ever but but uh seeing because i had a thing for kelly back in the day and, and and it went downhill after that but uh, she she had just done witness the year before and then she did that and she did the accused and i never saw the woman ever after that and, but she was she they were going out too like during the movie tom cruise and yeah i tom remember doing this. it I, and i guess that's not really a problem with uh uh what's her name uh Jenner, jennifer Connolly because she's married right. <laughs> you yeah. hope it's not a problem um but
1: so um well, Rich, thanks for joining us. And I was hoping, you know, I know we've been going, kind of going back forth. First of all, I never knew you were such like a, uh, kind of like had your ear to the ground, finger on the pulse, indie music guy. I love your music recommendations, PS, on on the gram. Uh, so thank you for that. that. Yeah, man, I, I, uh, I'm into, I, I've listened to Pine Grove a little bit and a couple of the other bands you recommended. And uh, have you heard of Gangs of Youth, by the way? Yes they're they're like one of my favorite bands right now um not that they're new but I they're they're I discovered them like six months ago and I'm I'm really into them so um cool all right well I won't get you on music and, oh any music uh anything that we need to be listening to like give us like your top two yeah. like bands we should be listening to well
2: I mean Pine Grove I I think they're the best band doing it right now um in my opinion okay. um and then maybe just a splash of nostalgia Um, a band which was super seminal to like the whole indie scene and um, emo I guess as a movement although that has several connotations depending on who you are it's a band called Sunny Day Real Estate and they are reuniting and going on tour this summer for the first time in 13 years so tickets are bought I'm in I'll be there Um, I'm super excited about that I can only hope that A tour means more music is is coming in the near future, so.
1: um, You go to a lot of concerts, don't you? uh,
2: If you ask my wife, she would say yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I try to get to as many as I can, but living in Philadelphia, it's such a a hotbed right now of a lot of these good up-and-coming bands, and there's so many good venues, and, um, you know, when the bands are smaller, it's also more fiscally responsible to go see them than it is to go see, you know, say... You know Coldplay, which they're coming in a couple of weeks, and I'd have to give a kidney to go get one of those tickets. So.
1: <laughs> I hear you, man. War are on drugs. They're a Philly. Did you know them like when they were coming up? Because they were like they're from Philly, right?
2: They are, and I think they put out a record last year, which got a lot of like really good buzz. And um, the lead singer Adam, I think his name's Grandisil, is from from Philadelphia area. So they're they're Philly adjacent for sure there's a lot of good bands right now that are Philly or Philly
1: adjacent. That's cool. I'd love to hear that. Um, Well, let's, let's change subjects from something that uh, we're really fired up about to something that we're really like frustrated with. And that would be (laughs) the 2022 edition of our Philadelphia Phillies thus far. Um, You know, certainly at 22 and 29, and what are we, 12 and a half back? uh, We, and, and the Mets, you know, historically have, collapsed although this would be historic proportions I think if, if there's a collapse coming up but but I, a couple of questions for you I mean uh first one out the shoot is why why Joe Girardi like why is Dave Dombrowski so resistant on making a move away from Joe Girardi at this point when he is a lame duck manager in the final year of his deal and like it just does, I I don't think we can sink any lower. So, I and, and I I also think it seems to me that he's lost the clubhouse, but I'd love to get your perspective on this.
2: So I don't know whether it's just these old school guys, they think the way they think. Um, I think Girardi is definitely kind of an old school type of manager. I love your point about the clubhouse being lost. So I watch the Phillies almost every night, if I can, uh, I've, God bless you. Yeah, well, my, my daughter also likes to watch with me, my oldest. So I've now made that torture a part of her, her life and daily routine. But I'm watching the game the other night, and um, who's pitching? Um, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure which terrible reliever it was. But it, in the end, it, I think it was in the ninth inning, and uh, Familia was in there. Oh. And it's a perfect example of, like, they not only are they not executing – They're just doing bonehead stuff that the manager seems to be tolerating. And Familia didn't cover first base. Now, Hoskins is is no great shakes down there at first base anyway. But he makes a great pick on on a complete seed that was hit at him. And then Familia doesn't cover the bag. The Guy comes around and scores. Then not what? Two batters later, they lay down a bunt. And Familia is slow to get off the mound. Real Muto has to almost run all the way out to pitcher's mound to make the play, and the guys ends up being safe at first. So, I mean, it's a long explanation, but to your point, I think I don't know why they're afraid to make a move. I think it maybe just boils down to this old-school mentality, but I agree with you in the fact that not only are they playing poorly, the bullpen's terrible. I don't like the way Girardi's using the bullpen. He keeps running Kniebel out there every night, and he keeps running these guys that are just not effective, like change the way of thinking, like maybe Knievel's not your closer. Saranthine is your best pitcher in the in the bullpen. Switch it up. I don't know. So it, they're not playing hard. They're playing dumb baseball. Um, and the way they're using these guys just doesn't seem to be the way that they would be best deployed. And again, that's my armchair quarterback view, but I don't know if you guys agree with that or see something different that I'm not seeing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think hand has been solid out of the pen too. And, and, and I just don't like, you know, they have so much dreck and it makes no sense. And, 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 you know, are we at a point where, you know, we heard Moniac was going to get a shot and then Moniak played what two games now granted <laughs> he, he was 0 for six with five K's. I get it. Right. And, and, but at some point, you know, I think, you have to make a decision pretty soon. Cause, cause Levman and I were talking about this with Bryce's elbow. I mean, that's not going to be getting any better and it's going to require off surgery. Do you play, you know, and then, you know, Bohm seems to have, uh, have sort of found his legs a little bit and he's sort of settled in and I'm happy to see that. Um, but what are you going to do with some of these young guys with Bryce and Stott and, and Moniac? I mean, Moni, Don't we need to know if these guys aren't the answer or do we already know that Moniak is not the answer? I mean, what, what's, what's your perspective on balancing that? And then, you know, you know, Castellanos is not going to be excited about, you know, maybe playing the young guys, but some, you got to change something up, man. This is whatever they have is not working. And the thing is, is, you know, when you look at the team overall, their starting pitching hasn't been bad, you know, right. It's been the bats and it's been the relievers really.
2: Their offense is statistically ranked, I mean, pretty high. And I, w- I would say looking at the team, I don't think anybody would sit here and say like, oh, the Phillies are really in an offensive groove. They're, they're still getting by and scoring runs or hitting a lot of home runs. Um, don't even get me started on Schwarber. Um, but just to that end, it's, it's, I agree with you. You got it. So Moniak's your first round. He's number one. He's your number one draft pick overall. And in spring training, you finally had some hope. He hit in spring training. You're like, okay, maybe this guy's figured something out. Maybe he's finally gotten a little bit of coaching that he needed, or maybe he just needed time to make the adjustments. Let's let him play. I don't want to see O'Dubal Herrera out there. And again, that's another rant for another day. He is quite possibly the dumbest baseball player I've ever seen. His (laughs) baseball IQ... Is non-existent, and so I've seen his act. I know what he can do. He's average. Let let Moniak play. I don't think Nick Mayton is is the answer at second base. I think injuries have put them in a tough spot. So I'm not defending Girardi, but making Bryce be the DH all the time has kind of limited some of the lineup flexibility. Losing Segura is huge because he was having a really good year. Yeah. Um, actually seemed like he was hustling this year, which I don't know where that came from, but um, that was that was nice to see. So those things I think are going to take some of the flexibility away, but I agree with you. Like, let, let these guys play. And if you have any minor leaguers that you think have some promise, I don't need to see uh, the 31-year-old left-hander who's given up bombs the other day. I don't need to see him again. His last name starts with a B um
1: escaped is that Pilate Pilotti
2: yeah um I don't need to see him coming in giving up a ninth or tenth inning bomb again guy's 31 show me somebody that maybe has some some promise and you might surprise him might turn it around a little bit maybe that's a spark they need
1: I remember uh if we go in the way back machine uh (laughs) when I think it was when they traded Bobby Abreu and they had like a lot of young guys and they weren't overly talented, but they went on like a winning streak, you know, and Bobby Bray was kind of carrying the, the like, he was like our best, at least one of our best players then, but I I believe they traded him. And uh, yeah. And it was just like, given these guys like the rope to fail, you need to do that. You need to give, you know, again, Moniak five strikeouts and, and six at bats. I get it, but still he, he, he played a much better center field than Oduble did. Um, and give him give him the chance to do to do it, you know. Like Segura, like you mentioned, is out 10 to 12 weeks, right? So give either, you know, do you move Stott over there since Didi's coming back? Do you use Maton there? I mean, give some of these young guys just like steady at bats. And and in my mind, I wonder if Girardi is he like somehow disillusioned so much that he thinks he's actually coaching for his job and <laughs> therefore he is not going to play the young guys. He's like, no, I need wins. And maybe it's not this job, but maybe it's another job that he's, he's, you know, wants to still be, I don't know.
2: That's a good question. I don't know. I, I think the thing with Moniak is you got to look at sample size. So he's had a handful of at bats, give him 150, 200, 300 at bats. That, that, that'll prove to me what this kid can do at the major league level. Yep. Uh, a couple of weeks coming off of being injured, you know, got to give them some time to adjust. Uh, one of my biggest contentions with the Phillies, and I, I don't know if you wanted to go here or not, but is the so they spent all this money in the offseason. you spend all the money, you go over the luxury tax. Now their expectations are being raised. But in my opinion, they didn't spend that money in the best way possible. The bullpen, bullpen blew 34 saves last year. They knew the bullpen was awful, but they didn't really address it. And the money that they spent, they spent $12 million on Familia and Brad Hand. These guys are awful. Yeah, For $12 million, I could have spent that way more effectively. And paying Schwarber $20 million was not the way they needed to spend that $20 million. He's a 230 lifetime hitter. He is who he is. He's got a lot of home run pop, but he also strikes out about 30% of the time. So we kind of knew who he was. And so I'm not shocked to see that he's hitting around 200 right now. That's not, that's not shocking. We knew who he was. Castellanos is a great, is, was a really good signing. He's young. He's clearly shown he can hit from the day he was in the major leagues. He's a much better defender. Uh, that was money well spent. Schwaber and Hand and you know, you've got thirty-two million dollars wrapped up in three guys that, in my opinion, you could have you probably could have gotten six guys that would help your team more than the way that those three guys are helping the team today. So I kind of think it goes back and starts with the you know the front the front office some of this old school thinking about oh we got to get home runs now we got home runs oh great but if he's not on base. You can't hit um you can't hit a home run every time up. And the bullpen, they knew that was terrible and they they really didn't do anything to address it, in my opinion. Familia was washed when we signed them. We knew
1: I hated that signing when we made it. I, I did not we talked, Lev and I talked about Schwarber and uh, I remember not being a fan of Schwarber. And I almost feel like if they knew that Castellanos was available, they probably wouldn't have signed Schwarber, maybe, you know, because I almost feel like they were like, Oh my gosh, Cassiano's is still available. Let's sign him, you know? And then it's like, you have an outfield, you already had a horrendously fielding outfield and you just somehow <laughs> made it worse. Yeah. You know? Um These guys
2: are butchers. But, but, Hoskins but, is a butcher at first base. So.
1: And I think you, but you bring up a really good point about the the, the domino effect of the Bryce injury, right? Because at that point you're rotating guys through, I think, uh, you know, I, I think, you may think i'm crazy about this i think bryce is not as bad a defensive player as as maybe people think he is I, I i i have been okay with the way he's played i think he's got probably the best arm which i mean isn't saying that much for that outfield but he's got the best arm on our outfield um he's a the, good defender
2: and he, he used to play center field so i mean he's right. Yeah, yeah i mean to cut you off but, but oh no, I no, agree no with
1: you. yeah and and so i think but that has had an, a ripple effect i think you're right because Schwerber now become an everyday fielder, which that was never the, 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 the intention I believe was Schwerber would rotate in through with Reese at first would DH some and Castellanos you know, you'd would have a little bit more uh, flexibility, but um, it, with this Bryce injury and, and somehow he's still putting up like great numbers, which speaks to how, like how, how great Bryce really is. But does, is this a type of injury though? I mean, if he goes and gets surgery, this is not the type of thing that would impact him for next year. Right. I mean, this is the type of thing I assume that it, because at some point you're going to have to think like, is it better that we shut him down? And, and that's going to be an interesting, because Bryce is not the type of guy who's going to ever want to be shut down.
2: So. I'm trying to remember. So Otani had this same injury and he, he DH that one whole year. I don't even remember that. Um, Remember that. He had the small tear in his in his um, UCL, and I I can't remember if he ended up having Tommy John or not, but I'm hoping that he can avoid surgery if he can avoid surgery, then I think we're in the clear. That's the point of having him sit out all this time. If it's because he's not a pitcher. I'm hoping that there's an ability for him to recover. Uh, If he has to have surgery I mean, for pitchers, it's what, nine to 12 months at this point. So I think he's probably ends up being in the same spot at some point next year. If he, you know, if we look at the calendar and we kind of go, we're, we're June right now, right. We're at six o'clock. So if he got surgery tomorrow, that, that puts him at like March. Um, So then he's maybe back to DHing again next year. I, I don't know. I'm hoping my fingers are crossed that he can play through it the injury will heal on its own and he cannot aggravate it just being a hitter.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's just a risky to me, a risky uh, proposition either way. Right. Because if, if you shut him down for the season, then you've kind of thrown the towel in on the season for all intents and purposes. If you let him play it out and he requires surgery and it impacts next season, I don't want Bryce to be our DH next season. It already feels like this season is a trash right. and a toilet bowl and needs to be flushed. And- <laughs> Maybe that won't be the case. Maybe there'll be some historical comeback, but again, anything short of the Phillies winning the world, I'll say this, anything short of the Phillies winning the world series and Bryce Harper coming back next year as a DH only, like that's, that's not going to work out. So if if I know that that's, you know, and I, these are the questions I think that they're probably asking. Um, and the other thing is like Bryce is in his prime, right? So I don't want him to spend two years as a DH in his prime because he, he hurt his elbow. And so I, I just don't, to me, Dombrowski is saying with, with leaving Girardi there and not doing anything to me, it seems, and I'm also surprised Middleton, who I think is tends to be a little bit more of a vocal owner. uh, I'm surprised that he hasn't, you know, kind of pushed Dombrowski to do something after, you know, it's his money (laughs) that's being spent. So, this is all pretty wild to me. And uh, to me, it would seem to indicate like they haven't made a change with Girardi. This team is not playing well. Uh, this team has had some injuries. This team is probably poorly constructed as you, as you, you know, astutely outlined, you know uh, it seems like we're playing out the stretch already to me.
2: There's a couple things that baffle me. And I agree with you. I feel like you have to do something. Either you got to shake it up, either start moving towards the future. And it's June, right? It's really hard to say in June. I'm going to give up for the year. And I don't necessarily think that they have to necessarily give up, but I think they have to change the way that they're playing or the way that they're thinking. And as part of that thinking, I think it would be foolish to not take a longer view, right? To, to find out what you have in some of these players, to give them the at-bats that you need, to give them to figure out, is this guy part of my plans for next year? Is Moniak going to be my fourth outfielder next year? Or, or is he my fifth outfielder? Or is, is he my starting left fielder? Do I move some of these other pieces around and and, and see what I really got? Um, I, the, the only thing I would leave the window open for is... If there's an ability to pick up some bullpen help or to maybe get you know, some of these young guys to take over and actually run with the opportunity, then I think the wild card is maybe still a potential, but that's maybe just my homerism, my, my bleeding Phillies red. Um, but I agree with you. The way that they're staying the course right now um seems to be ridiculous why why would you continue to just do this either build for the future or go for it this year but sitting in this purgatory is is torturous and it's torturous to watch
1: yeah it is it is awful to watch and i think the two of you could probably answer this left don't be so so loud during They're this <laughs> we
0: but, have some noise in the background
1: here Oh, okay Everything's good. No, i appreciate good. that um but with the fills, you know, I can't imagine that their attendance isn't taking. Well, that's it.
0: why you can't really give up because you're basically sending the message to your fans. Oh, come to the baseball park. It's very exciting. Well, no, baseball parks only do well if the team is winning. And look at but Miami.
1: Message are you sending them now, though? That's what I'm saying. And Middleton has got to see those empty seats and be like, uh, all right, we got to do something, I would think. But. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I, they're not selling they're not selling the stadium out, right? I mean, lots of good seats available still?
2: yeah, lots of good seats available. come on down. <laughs> the uh, the beginning of the year the the stadium was full. Um, but the way that they've floundered and the way that they've lost these games in such such awful fashion, um, I think you know Philadelphia fans are turned off, and I have. I have a small season ticket plan. I contemplated giving it up at the beginning of this year. Um, I ended up being encouraged by some of the signings. I was like, all right, let's do it. I'm a glutton for punishment, so I would probably go anyway, regardless of how bad they are. Uh, but um, looking at taking my daughter to the game tomorrow night and you know, tickets are going on step up to StubHub for like 10 bucks. there's just really there's not a lot of interest right now for the Phillies. and I kind of understand because they need to figure out who they are. We know who they thought they were at the beginning of the year, but it's not working out. So now you need to reassess and figure out who you are and who you want to be. Um, and if they run the young guys out there and the guys are playing hard, I think some more people will come to the park. But the way they're winning or the way they're, they're playing in, in such terrible fashion right now and losing these games that they shouldn't be losing. Granted, they played a tough schedule to start the year, but, um, you know, that's frustrating. It's definitely turning some people off.
0: They've beaten the Mets once this year, I think.
2: Once. And they've, they've played the Mets. They've played the Dodgers. They've played the Padres. They've played the Angels, and the Angels happen to be really good this year. They've played the Brewers. Um, so they've played a tough schedule. It hasn't. It's not like they've gotten to beat up on the Pirates a few times yet, but um, – you know, I, I agree with you, Ross. You've gotta, you gotta can't just keep doing the same thing. You gotta change their mindset in some form or fashion.
1: He's so Did good. Be- in the batting order. You would think he would be uh, adept at changing some other things. You know, he's like always moving people around and shuffling people in and out of the lineup. Like, let's make let's let's yeah. I mean, the worst thing is having a team full of veterans that is stale and then keep trotting that same veteran mix out onto the field like you either have a young ascending team with with some spark plugs on it um or you have you know an accomplished veteran team or you have a mix and and right now we have like a bunch of nothing so let let me uh did did have a quick question what i have one more question too and then we'll wrap
0: sure sure sure. go
1: ahead no 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 you finish i'll I'll, no i was
0: wondering what's you know every once in a while i'll catch a lehigh valley iron pigs bat baseball game on on cable. I do have cable access to that. But I mean, what what is on the farm in Lehigh Valley and, and Radding?
2: So that's part of the problem, I think, with the Phillies is they're, they're, they they're really don't have a ton of talent. Um, and again, I think it goes back to a lot of this you could put on the front office. And I think Girardi is definitely culpable in, in a lot of what's going on this year. I think he's got to change some of the things he's doing on the field. But Lev, you said it. Their their farm system is is not great, and you know the few assets that they did have to trade away to get Romuto and things like that, like they're just the cupboard is bare. There just aren't a ton of guys that they have down on the farm that are going to come up and help the team. There's a, they've got a couple pitchers that seem to be different. I can't remember all their names off the top of my head, but um, you know that, the only thing I can think of is it's maybe some of those guys who are struggling as starters, could, could find a niche in the bullpen. It's a way you save a little bit of money, get some effectiveness in the bullpen. But I mean, to your point, I don't see that the, the next crop of Rollins, Utley, and Ryan Howard, that's, that's not there. That's not there. I,
0: did, I did a Google search on the top farm systems in baseball, and it always comes back to I always wonder how Miami does it and how Tampa Bay does it. Do you just hire their people? but that doesn't seem to make the difference if you hire their people. They have great systems. There are a couple other teams and they continue to do it year in and year out. It's not just the Dodgers or the Yankees. It's these small base farm systems that Seattle's got a good farm system too. Um, It hasn't been evidenced yet, but yeah, I'm just wondering. Minnesota's
2: got a good system. And even the Dodgers, who are one of the top spenders, have one of the best farm systems It's one of the things that baffles me about the Phillies. Like there are certain teams that just do things well. Lev, you said it. Tampa Bay, they've always got a stream of prospects. You're like, where do these guys come from? St. Louis and and San Francisco always develop pitchers. Look at St. Louis's staff. There aren't a ton of guys on that staff that you would go, these guys are the greatest pitchers ever. But year after year after year, they either revive guys' careers or can teach these guys to be effective. The Phillies don't have that, that they don't have that drafting prowess and they don't have that coaching prowess. So it makes me go back to the front office and say like, what the hell are we doing wrong? And I just, I just rewatched the movie Moneyball. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Um, I don't know if you've read the book. The book is, is really interesting. And it's a a little bit more about the hardcore numbers and the analysis and things like that. More, more so than the story in the movies, more about some of the personal relationships, but Used to talk, hear Kleniac talk about the analysis, and we're heavy on analytics. And but they, in my opinion, they I don't know what the hell they're looking at. They must be looking them up on like an Apple IIe or something because (laughs) their analysis is dreadful. And that's the thing I think a lot of these teams are doing and doing better than what the Phillies are doing. Like Boston hired Bill James, hired Bill James. The guy was like people thought he was a lunatic in baseball circles for years, but Clearly, it works, and the, the sabermetricians out there are on something because there's a way to look inside the numbers to understand: is this guy just struggling because of happenstance, or is there some a, a wider problem here? And I look at the Phillies roster and the way they've comprised it over the last several years, and it doesn't seem as though there's, you know, they claim that there's an analytic slant to it, but that I don't see that from an analytic or sabermetric perspective that necessarily proves out what some of these signings have been, I I just don't see the evidence of why they thought that was a good signing to begin with. And I'm showing my geekdom here because I play in multiple (laughs) fantasy baseball leagues. I'm not necessarily equating that to real life, but there's a way to take the names off the page and look at the numbers and figure out, is this a formula that could get me to a W? And I think sometimes we get caught up with the, the name and I'm gonna pick on Schwarber, but Schwarber was a hot name this season even though statistically, he's never really done anything other than hit home runs that made him look impressive, right? He can't hit a left-handed pitcher to save his life. So casting him as an everyday player to play, get 600 at bats and play every day, like, why did anybody think that was a good idea? Like, all you have to do is go look at his numbers and realize that that's probably not the the most prudent way to spend $20 million or $80 million over four years. But that's a rant for another day. Again, if we could do a whole session on sabermetrics and uh, BABIP and WOBA and all that other nonsense, but
1: uh, uh, the acronyms,
2: I, I love to your point. It's just like it's some of this antiquated thinking in the front office has got to got to change. Got to figure out what do you want to do well, and then go figure out and get it done.
1: And I'll I'll add a couple things uh, about the farm because I actually follow the farm. Uh, like I, a lot of the writers and I read quite a bit obviously I don't get to see anything down here but um, but Atlanta is another great farm system I mean yeah. consistently producing I don't know how because they don't get great draft picks but they have such a great system and so um, I know that Mattingly's son was his name Patrick Mattingly I don't know Stu Mattingly we can just call him Stu for purposes of the show but uh, but he has taken over the Phillies uh, farm system, and I know under Clint and McPhail that 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 was, I mean, that the the you know the system was completely the cupboard was completely gone, um, completely barren. And I think they are trying to rebuild. You know, they have Painter, who was the number one pick, yep. and then they have there's another huge right-hander whose name totally escapes me. Who was also? Mick Yeah, Mick Abel was another one. And then they have another guy named Griff. Uh, I think it's Griff or a Griff and another lefty or who, who th- actually he's not a lefty, uh, but he throws 97. So these guys like these guys are kind of I think they're banking on the, uh, the baby aces from back in the day, you know, hoping that these guys can, you know, maybe 23, 24 can 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 show up on the staff and, uh, you know there you have Logan, a hope who is a catching prospect, but then, you know, you have JT Romuto who three more years assigned and to be perfectly honest, has been uh, underwhelming. So yes, you, you could have another Tome uh, Ryan Howard, not calling a hope, you know, Ryan Howard, but a similar situation where there's a, there's a veteran blocking a, a, a young prospect. So hopefully some of these guys will, uh, you know, translate into actual players because when you, you know, Rich made a great point about, uh, you know, the last time we all thought Don Brown was going to be it, right? <laughs> I
2: was waiting for that the guy to come
1: up. I was waiting. I had to go there. And uh, I think I was there for his first game or his first home game. And I like, my, my, my wife was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this guy is going to be the next like Hall of Fame Phillies player. And I want to get his first at bat. And I think he doubled in that game and I like got it, but anyway, on my old flip phone, but, uh, but, you know, I mean, that's the thing, like you look back and who have the Phillies produced? I mean, since the Rollins chase, you know, Howard Utley era, um, and even Shane Vick, who I know was a rule five pick, but still, you know, spent some time in the system, you know uh, they really haven't produced any, any major leaguer like work, like most of the the major league. Yeah. No one like, who is it? Like Cole Irvin, what he's doing for the A's is that? Is he there? Like, like it's mind blowing when you think about it. So
2: I think Noah's probably the only real talent that's come out of the system in the last ten years. Yeah. And I um, to your point about been, Don Brown. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said
0: is, he hasn't been bad, Nola. I mean, yeah, he hasn't really been bad. He's an average pitcher. And
1: maybe, maybe Dominguez. Uh, you know, depending on, uh, he looks like he's he's pretty promising as a reliever, but.
2: And you know who's having a good year is is Hector Neris. I mean, I I hate to say it, like I don't ever think that he was a long-term closer here, but Neris had value. I mean, he he was definitely one of their more valuable bullpen arms. But to your point, Ross, about the farm system, for me, where it falls down is that most of these guys end up being hyped when they're in A-ball. How many of these guys, because the Phillies have guys that get hyped every year. Remember JP Crawford was one of the top 10 prospects in baseball. He's actually having a decent season for Seattle right now, but he's not a superstar. Yeah. He's, you know, a replacement level average major leaguer, which is great. Like that's, that's a value a team to a team. If you can develop that kind of guy, but these guys that have all this hype and have all this shine, how many of those guys still have that shine when they're in double A or triple A for the Phillies. And I, I don't see, I actually just pulled it up and I don't see a ton of them other than than Stott right now, who's ranked as their best prospect in the major leagues. And um, he's not having the impact of like a Wander Franco. Um, So I think he could be a decent major leaguer, but I think these guys lose. They seem to be these great prospects in A or low A or, or high A. And then as they go on, they kind of lose their luster. And I don't know that the Phillies have had any real guys that have gotten excited in double or triple A in the last several years.
1: Yeah, and then Sixto Sanchez, who of course has been it was perfect. another. One. And he came.
0: Franco was another.
1: Yeah, Franco, yeah. it's another one. Cesar. Scotty
2: Kingery, <laughs> should we talk about him? Yeah. was that? Scotty Kingery. Oh. oh, that's another one. I think he was at the Home Depot I went to the other day. He was he he helped check me out. It was nice to <laughs> help me load that mulch. He was good of him.
1: Well, you know what? It, I mean, he's he's making. Uh, he probably could buy that Home Depot. Yeah or this
2: guaranteed contract another great front office signing good job right. guys
1: ahead of the curve so should we uh rich this is awesome man uh, i guess my final question phillies related to you is uh let's fast forward the clock a little bit uh we'll say it's october early october yep. and season is ending uh what are we looking at what, what's your prediction for this team where where this team ends up and any potential fallout or moves that you think could potentially be done in the off season? I know it's a long way off.
2: You know, I, I think based on what I see now, I think they're going to be, you know, a couple games under 500. I think their offense is going to be enough to slug them through some games. Uh, Lev, you said it. I think their pitching staff, their starting pitching has actually been pretty decent. Um, Gibson was a great pickup last year. Um, their, their rotation depth, I think Suarez is going to end up pitching a little bit better than he has pitched. And if he doesn't continue to progress as a starter, then move him back to the bullpen because he was really effective there. Um, so I think they'll find their level to some degree. I think that they are not going to be in the wildcard race. I don't see them getting into the postseason. Um, and I don't see them making any moves that are either going to significantly impact next year. Or change the direction this year. And which for me is, is actually really frustrating. Um, I would hope that at some point they determine that they are not a playoff team this year and they make some moves and they trade some salary. And I don't know if that's even possible. I haven't looked at all the possibilities yet and I love Harper, but you know, if things don't change, do you start talking about trading Harper in the next year or two? And that's, I, love him.
0: Another, I think he's got another 10 years left on his contract. Though, he so does.
2: And I, I think he's cheap for for what he's producing. But yeah. um, at some point, you're going to have to do the Herschel Walker trade and try to <laughs> up. Seven for one there.
1: Yeah.
2: That'll
1: be interesting. If he's
2: going to be your next U.S. Senator there. I mean, what do you guys see? Where do you see the Phillies sitting in, in October? I, I I'm an eternal optimist I would love to say that they'll be in the wild card hunt but I just as a realist I don't see it
1: well so
0: I would be more concerned with finishing in second in that division I'm I'm shocked that the Braves are struggling in the way in which they are unless they gain I mean now they're ahead of the Phils now right yeah. Braves. but yeah. I mean I was expecting more from the Braves this year too um no i expect a little bit under 500 which would mean i mean so if they're 22 and 29 to get the 500 they'd have to win 59 games this year 59 more
1: games is that possible probably not well yeah i i i I don't know i think um i think it's going to be interesting i think that This will be a really difficult year. It already has been, Uh, you know, I think the team, here's my prediction. The team will get hot right before the trade deadline. (laughs) We'll decide to do nothing. Tell me if this sounds familiar. We will decide to do nothing and, and maybe add a fringe, like, you know, uh, minor league bullpen arm. And then um, we'll hit the off season with more questions than answers. I think Bryce gets shut down in August. Um, I, I tend to be optimistic, but i am just like, I'm so disgusted with Girardi and I look back over his record and, uh, I mean, it's not as impressive overall. Like when, I think when I, when I think about what I have viewed from the Phil as a Phillies fan, and then I look back at his record and I'm like, man, like, yeah, I mean, he had a great team with the Yankees. And he we, went through, we
0: went through, we run through his, uh, his, uh, winning totals right a couple of right. weeks ago yeah. with the yeah. Yankees
1: yeah I mean they had some great years there
2: well yeah some great teams too I think I probably could have managed that team
1: that's where I was going with that and so I think that we will be in the search for a new uh manager next year and um you know my hope is honestly I I think we're we're too far gone at this point I think we're and I know it's crazy saying that in June and I know Kyle Schwarber will has his customary, like he's second half player and he gets hot, but he goes crazy for a month. And at rich, I think that's where all his numbers come from is like that one month where he's like absolutely becomes Don Brown. And then um, he, you know, I just don't have a, a whole lot of hope here. I mean, my question really is like, do you, you know, like guys like JT, Real Muto, you know, where you do maybe have someone a cheaper option on the farm and JT I know is, is, is really, you know, a defensively good catcher. Um, but I think he, again, he's been a little bit disappointing at the plate. And so is he a guy that you can move with, with, uh, you know, his contract and three years left on that contract? I don't know, but I think that uh, I think we're in for a long sort of summer here. I don't get the vibe that this team is going to contend. I don't get the vibe that we're going to make any drastic changes. I'm not even sure, honestly, that, what with what we've seen that Girardi is going to be gone. I think he will. If I had to bet right now, I think I would say he's probably still going to be the manager uh, when the season ends. Season.
2: I'd, I'd love to see him go just to shake things up because I'm not, I've not been impressed with the way he's managed the team the last couple of years. Now, listening to sports radio here in Philadelphia area, there's a lot of talk about who they would like to be next. Of course, every uh, every knucklehead fan's talking about digging up the carcass of, of Charlie Manuel or Jim Leland. And I, I don't think that those guys are the right fit either. I don't know if either of you guys have an opinion who's out there who might be a good fit for this team. I don't know who's... I think Jim kind.
0: Leland's in his late 70s, so yeah, that's probably it, not a yeah. good fit. Uh, you know, there was the example that was on yesterday on 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 97.5 about about how Jack McKeon managed the Marlins to a World Series or or someone. I think that was Jimmy Leland, actually. But these guys are way too old. Larry Boa is way too old. I mean, I also I don't know what he would bring to the team at this point. They, the, the argument was mentioned that Tony LaRusso has been effective with the with the White Sox. I don't know if he if someone else could have gotten the job done there. Um, so I think you probably would want to find someone a little bit younger, someone more creative. I think Gabe Kapler, uh, let's be honest. I know you probably don't want to hear that. It was probably, he did better on a second time around. So maybe on there's someone on their second time around who's got a little bit more grounded. Um, yeah. And I think,
1: I, I think you won't find that person right now. I think that's where it makes it tricky. So who is, As much as I don't like Girardi, uh, who's the person that if you brought in, like I can almost see them bringing in Boa to just be like, okay, just finish the season out, you know, and then we're going to do a whole new search. Like it would almost have to be an agreement that this is not a long-term thing. Cause I, I would prefer, I agree with Lev. I would prefer a younger kind of like a, a Gabe type of manager on the Ascension Terry Francona when he left Philadelphia a guy on the Ascension like that as opposed to, like, a retread. Um, and I,
2: I don't know how those guys would play with today's major leaguers. I mean, Bo was super fiery. He was super abrasive when he was a manager the first time. Even Leland, um, I saw a clip of him and Barry Bonds just getting into it at spring training one year. And Leland is super fiery. Like, he's just standing in the dugout ripping cigs, um, you know, yelling at people. I just don't know how that would play on – on a major league team today, especially with a team that's got some established veterans with the Phillies. I I, I kind of agree with both of you that I don't know who it'll be, but I don't know that bringing another one of these 75-year-old old-school guys back with full of piss and vinegar is going to be the right way to do it either.
0: I was going to heard- say that when Girardi was hired, you have to realize that he was the celebrity. Uh, I mean, maybe he doesn't have that personality, but the former major league winning championship coach. And it was sort of, I hate to say, like a Doc Rivers hire, very similar. They Eric- were going for someone with a proven track record. Of course, the fact is he won a world series with the team that you you said, Rich, <laughs> that you could have managed. He had he had numerous Hall of Famers on that team. So,
1: so did Doc. He had three Hall of Famers on that team, you know, the Celtics team. Uh yeah, I've heard Raul Banya's name mentioned. What what's I, I don't know like much about what he's been doing post-baseball.
2: I me mean, neither. Yeah. Um, I would be fun to say his name again.
1: Raul Raul is exactly so break out
2: my old jersey that has Raul across the back. Yeah, dude,
1: break that out, yeah. man. I um, was gonna
0: say while while we've got baseball on the mind today, any other surprises in baseball teams that have been doing well that we should be keeping an eye on going into, I guess, well, we're in June right now. Um, I mean, besides the Dodgers, I've heard the Padres are having a good year.
2: I'm Padres are the having Padres. A great, I mean, look at the Padres rotation. Their starting rotation is tough. Their bullpen yeah. is good and they can slug with anybody. Uh Minnesota's another team. I, I like what Minnesota's got. They've got some good talent. They're kind of in into division, which I think is very winnable, um, and they've got they've got a good farm system. Um, not saying they're going to necessarily win the World Series this year, but I think they're up the comers for sure.
0: I heard good things about Milwaukee this year. Very favorable division for Milwaukee this year. Um,
2: yeah, I I I was talking to a friend the other day, and apparently Milwaukee is has already played twelve more games than the Cardinals. How does the schedule work out that they've played 12 more games? Like, I.
0: Any COVID issues, maybe, or something like that? Or that doesn't sound right. Though.
1: No, that's not correct. I'm looking at the standings now. It looks like Milwaukee has played 52 yeah. and the Cards have played 50. Really? So the
0: Brewers maybe. are like 34 and 18 or something.
1: Brewers are 32 and 20. So Maybe, that's those, were, good. maybe those were division games. Yeah, that could be it. Uh, that could be
2: beating uh, up on the Cubs,
1: and uh, <laughs> that that could be because uh, I know St. Louis has
2: been out west. They've had to play uh, San Diego recently, and that's not a picnic for anybody.
1: Here's a random baseball question: Is no chance that Juan Soto gets moved? Right?
2: I mean, I I wouldn't do it. Um, he's uh, under he's underperform. <coughs> pardon me, he's underperforming this year, but. Look who he has around him in the lineup. He's got nobody around him. Yeah. Um, the guy is a bona fide superstar. I would never move him in a thousand years yeah. unless somebody gave me half their team for him. He's a uh, he's legit. That guy is the truth.
1: There has just been some whispers, but uh, yeah, I can't imagine. It'll be uh, it'll be a fun baseball season. Maybe not so much for the Phils, but uh, for everyone else. Rich, you want to stick around for? Uh, we we'll, we'll, we're going to be pretty quick bouncing through the Sixers and. Oh, yeah, so the one thing, unfortunately. Rich, stick around or do you want to drop?
2: I could stick around for a little bit. I've, I'm, I've got to jump at 1 o'clock, so I don't know how long you guys are going to yeah. keep going.
0: Right, probably a couple more minutes here. I was going to say the major problem is, come July, the Eagles start back to training camp. People are going to stop paying attention because there's so much excitement around this Eagles team. And that's let's talk some Eagles football.
1: 98 days, fellas. 98 days till the season begins, I believe. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think think, uh, definitely the pulse of the town is really behind the Eagles. There's a lot of excitement about this team. Um, You know, the the question marks have started to be filled in. Of course, the major concern is still quarterback. If Jalen Hurts is going to be able to take that next step and become a, you know, not a bottom 20 quarterback, but Quarterback in the teens, at least in his second year. So,
2: I saw Twitter. I saw something on Twitter the other day, and it was crossing Broad or barstool Philly or something. And it was rank the teams in Philadelphia right now. And there's so much, you know, hype and fervor and everything coming off the Eagles draft that invariably the Eagles were ranked number one. I think most people rank the Sixers number two. Um, most people ranked their son's T ball team before the Phillies. Then the Phillies were number four, you know, behind the, the whatever T ball team of the moment we're talking about. And then it was a bunch of like natural disasters. And then the Flyers were all the way down at the bottom. But to your point, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I think, excitement and maybe unrealistic expectation right now based on a couple. 21 year old kids who haven't seen play yet.
1: Yeah. The city's starving though. You know, I mean, the Sixers uh, kicking the nuts that that was (laughs) a season in a row. And I don't think we were, we, I know I have not recovered from the previous kick in the nuts from last year, uh, the Atlanta
0: was it father's day. Father's day 2021.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you just think about like the course of like the events that unfolded with Simmons and all like, it was, a, it was a rough time, and the ascension of maxi was great. But, and I think it's like, here we are with this Eagles team. Last year, nobody expected them to win. I mean, very few people expected them to win, what, five games, six games, and here they are They made the playoffs in the, in the bloated playoff system that the NFL has. But still, Jalen Hurts, um, for all his flaws, um, you know, was able to, to get us there. And, and I think this Eagles team was so flawed. And so we look at this team now – and with, with what appears to be a strong draft, you know I love that draft, Rich, um, with all the Georgia Bulldogs on there. I know you do. I know you love it. I, I love it. And, um, and I will convince everyone to love it if they just listen to me. But, um, you know, I think with, with some of the infusion of young talent that's come to this team, um, and, you know, I think two seasons ago this was a team that was very, you know, had a lot of older players. Um, and not a lot of like young ascending talent. I think we're now in a position, you know, I mean, look at like we, I, I mean, I, it's going to be interesting to see Devonte Smith. And I think Quez is going to be a really nice third receiver. And then you got um, AJ, how those guys match up against, you know, like the Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, you know, team of, of and Jason Avant from yesteryear. So I I am stoked about our receivers. Um, You know, I'm excited about Bradford at defensive back. But again, I think I think we should be the best team in the division based on what the Cowboys have lost. But I don't have any false pretenses. I don't see this as a Super Bowl team. I don't see this as a Super Bowl or bus team. I think we are a solid playoff team. Um, I would expect to win one round. Again, this is all assuming that we are, you know, stay relatively healthy like we did last year. And uh, our offensive line depth is something that is, I mean, you look at that offensive line and that's, I, I love what we've done there. And so, um, you know, I wish we had a, a, one more pass rusher, but adding Reddick in the off season was exciting. So I think the moves that they've made have been for impactful players. And a lot of these guys are younger players. So I think that's exciting, but I, I, I it does feel a little bit like quintessential Philly, like, Oh no! This team's going to Super Bowl, you know. Rocco from from Delco calling in, and uh, you know, no it's Super Bowl boss this year. So anyway, team's oh. not
0: going twelve and five. So
1: no,
2: yeah. I, I so. mean, I wish I had a hot take to to counter that. I kind of agree with you. I I think that there is. A, I'm I'm a Jalen Hurts believer, and I think that he will take a small step forward this year. Do I think he's going to come become? Peyton Manning, or Lamar Jackson, or um, no, I don't. I don't know that that's ever going to be his ceiling, but you can win with a guy who's in the top 15 quarterbacks, and I think he puts himself in that conversation this year. I haven't seen anything to the contrary, and I think as we've seen with the train wreck, the absolute train wreck that was Carson Wentz, you he can say all the right things, but I think he is a delicate flower. And I just don't know that he was ever built to be here. And Hertz has had more criticism heaped on him about, you know, you're not the guy, you can't throw, you're not accurate, your arm's weak, and he just keeps going to work. And he doesn't says all the right things. And he, it doesn't seem like a performance like it did from Wentz half the time. You know, oh, I got to be better. OK, Red, thanks. Oh, we'll hear that same crap next week. When you come up small, I think he's accountable, and I I see him taking a step forward. So I root for the kid. I'm personally rooting for him. Obviously, I have a vested interest in it, but um, I think he's going to take a step forward. I don't know if you guys believe that or not, or what what your feelings are, but I think uh, end of the year, I'm putting it down right now. He'll be a top fifteen quarterback in the NFL.
1: Fantasy quarterback or real time quarterback? Fantasy
2: quarterback. He's going to be top ten.
1: Yeah, he was fantastic last year. Um, Yeah, I, I. I think 15 is, to me, where I would be, I wouldn't say top 12. I think 12, 15 is where I would feel comfortable with him. I do think he has some really exciting weapons. And I do hope Sirianni now, with these weapons, and then Goddard, too. You know, you have so many weapons. Hopefully, Sirianni will design a system that enables us to continue to use Jalen Hurts's skills that he has. Cause he's not a great deep ball thrower. Um, and, um, you know, but, but you get a guy like AJ Brown and he's a physical receiver. I mean, I love watching him play. Um, Devontae Smith is just a, as good a route runner as there probably is in the league right now. Um, you have a couple guys who love to play ball. They have great hands, Um, I think Goddard's a a very sort of under the radar kind of tight end so and again I mean this is an offensive line that is deep and it can mash people and I think when you have those elements um, we're we should be pretty pretty tough to stop and hopefully a motivated uh, you know running back as well as as uh, Miles Sanders is I think this is a contract year for him it is his
0: contract year and And they have a good stable of running back, so they should be able to run the ball effectively
2: this year. Because they did keep Sanders healthy too by rotating the ball around a little bit. Don't forget, you're going to have JJ, so you can run 11 personnel because JJ is going to be a tight end this year. (laughs) I'm going to guarantee he's going to be a top 60 tight end in the NFL right now.
1: In the NFL. Wow. Okay. Speaking uh, of, speak well. Yeah, we'll see if he's going to so we'll we'll or he's we gonna have, get
2: cut one of the two
1: yeah probably <laughs> um no I think it's exciting I think it's a good time for Eagles I just think that there's got to be like excitement but the, the thing in the Phillies and I'm gonna have to wrap in a few minutes here um the thing with Philly is I think we get so t- tied in and torn in and we live and die and I'm guilty as charged with the team's performance and like when you have the expectations that we had for the Phills this year and being where they are it's now like all right We're going to take this broken heart and broken energy and, and we're going to throw it, you know, all on the Phillies. We're going to move all our, or I mean, all on the Eagles. And that's what we're going to do. And then if the Eagles do something to break our heart, then it's be like, okay, Sixers save us. We know the Flyers aren't going to do shit. So that we know that that's, that's that. But um, I think that's what we do. and We just kind of move that around as opposed to like looking at them. Uh, you know, separately, sort of a little bit more siloed, and thinking, okay, like this is a young team. They won nine games. They made the playoffs last year. Um, they had a a very good off season. I don't think they're quite at the Super Bowl level, um, but I think they are a, a solid play. They should be a solid playoff team, you know. And I think that's and and Rich, I mean, your point's a good one too with. With Hertz, you know, the reason why the Eagles were able to do all this is because Hurts' contract is so cheap, that's you know, right. and that's why they were able to do all this. And people have to remember, this is just his second year of full-time starting. I'm sure he had a few games, you know, the year uh, with Wentz, but this is really only a second year as a full-time starter um, in this league. So we're going to have to, you know, show some patience, which is something we we are not very good at.
2: You make a great point because when the Eagles won in, in 17, I think I cried for a week. Like every time I saw highlight on TV, like the tears would start to run. I'd get all misty and choked up. I just, it was such a, it was such a release of, of all that energy that had been pent up since 2008 of all this frustration. And I don't know if you remember, but the teams were not super successful right after that, just collectively in Philadelphia. And people were like, That's okay. Eagles won last year, but now we're getting far enough away from it that the frustration is now building again and the torture that we've all lived our whole lives of, 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 of watching some of these teams, just the grating frustration and uh, whoever invented the foam brick, like definitely had Philadelphia in mind that it's starting to rise again. So uh, you make a great point that now, like we heave all our expectations on whatever the next team is. And I want to make sure I temper my optimism for the Eagles this year. I agree with you. I think they're going to be good. I think they'll make the playoffs. I hope they take a step forward um, and maybe set themselves up to be that team in the next year or two. But uh, I definitely don't think it's Super Bowl or bust. If they get there, they'll all be at the parade.
1: (laughs) Well said. I I have to wrap this one up. Yeah,
0: And I think we could take a healthy break from the Sixers today, which I think... (laughs) The only thing I have to say about the Sixers is it looks like they're going to have their draft pick this year. So, uh,
1: yes. What is it? It's 23. Yeah. Okay. Not the 23rd pick, not the yeah. 20, Yeah, the 23rd pick. So, so we can talk about that because the NBA draft and, uh, the N- NBA finals, which I actually think it's a, it's a pretty fun matchup, but we can, it is that next week. So, uh,
2: rich, any shout outs. No, I just, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Um, I've been listening to the podcast. I love what you guys are doing. And uh, it was a pleasure to be on and get to share my frustration about the Phillies and uh, shout out to uh, Joe Girardi. Don't, <laughs> the clock's ticking brother. It's time to go.
1: I thought you were going to give a shout out to Joe Rosen. I know that's a, where you were going.
2: <laughs> I'll give a shout out to Joey too. Hey, Joe there
1: it is there it is i
0: think joey i was looking at facebook he he was in washington uh, earlier in the week for one of his i think one of his clients was pitching for the nationals so um which is pretty cool i think that's pretty cool cool. that's pretty awesome
1: it is um i don't have any shout outs um b train sent us some stuff so we always appreciate that and uh rich man we appreciate you being on the show it's great to have you it's always great when we get a a familiar face and uh, a longtime friend and we appreciate it. And someone as knowledgeable as you and passionate, uh, you share the passion that, that Lev and I have, so.
2: That's why don't I don't have any hair left. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fun. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, any shout outs, Rose? Nope, I'm appreciate there. Uh,
0: I recently, I, I connected with JJ Gross, Bernstein now. Uh, oh. Unfortunately, his grandmother passed away, uh, I think last week. So. He said, if you get a chance, do a shout out for him. So I think he's listening. So uh, JJ, uh, you know, sorry to hear about
1: your grandmother. So as, as am I JJ. Sorry. Wow. It's cool that you reconnected with him and go see Top Gun. Both of you guys. You'll, you'll Top pre- Gun. I'm on average. All right. All right, fellas. Listen, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week.